Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of MIMS The Word. My name's Chris Dyer and I'm joined this week by our Managing Director Rowan Williams and our Client Director Claire Price. Hi. Hello. So this week uh, the only really MIM news that we've got is uh, we're now officially a uh, remote working company across the UK. Um, Rowan, do you want to sort of elaborate on, on that? Absolutely. So um, we've had an office uh, in the centre of Bracknell for the last year and uh, we came together and we talked about what would be best for each of our employees. So Claire, I know you're in Kent, um, we're in Berkshire, um, we've got people in Oxfordshire. So we just thought, you know, instead of everyone having to travel all the time, um, let's have a consensus. And the consensus was um, we can all work remotely. It gives us more flexibility, less travel time, less travel costs, less office costs. Um, and yeah, it's just better all around. So we've taken the decision to be uh, remote working across the UK. Uh, and it will allow us to work more from our client sites and things like that. So um, all in all, uh, a good decision, I think. Yeah, I mean, you hear uh, a lot more offices doing that these days, uh, this sort of hybrid working, remote working. Um, and, you know, you hear pretty good feedback from it. But yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. Absolutely. So in other news, we're finally past the heat wave. Uh, things are starting to cool down. Um, it was crazy seeing uh, some of those fires along the M25. Did you guys see that? I saw a bit of it, yeah. Uh, I, I was kept up to date. There were multiple fires across London, which um, seemed pretty scary. And we live near um, the Crown Estate, and obviously there's a lot of forests and things around. So it was pretty scary um, thinking that there was a forest fire here about seven or eight years ago. Um, so we were kind of on tenterhooks with that one. Um, not sure where what it was like where you are, Claire, with um, fires and things, but you're in Kent, so it must be, must have been pretty hot, right? Yeah, it was it was really really hot. Um, I think our closest fires to our house were over in Croydon, um, so not that far away at all. Um, and yet, it, you just don't think that those things are going to happen in the UK. So it's, it was just crazy for me to read that on the news and for it to be so close to home. What was the hottest temperature you recorded in the house? I think it got up to 38 or 39. But when I went out on the car on the school run, it was a, my car was registering 41. So it was unbearable. It's just and ridiculous. Broken aircon in the car. It was not fun. <laughs> what? You had no aircon? Broken aircon, that sucks. <laughs> oh, no. It's booked in for next Tuesday to be fixed. It all will be well and we can have another heatwave. <laughs> no, it'll just be cold and rainy from yeah, now on. Exactly. The world can thank me for that. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So uh, another thing that you said you wanted to talk about today, Rowan, was data uh, and data as an asset. Um, I'm not sure if that's abbreviated like the others, like the AAA. But uh, yeah, basically how you need to look after it, use it and monetize it. Yeah, and this is a conversation. This is kind of a conversation that I've been having over the last few weeks with several customers, but in particular this week with uh, with a customer around the fact that most businesses nowadays are data businesses. Um, even though you don't think of them as data businesses, they are primarily data businesses. And the reason for that is because data can be monetized. And what I mean by that is 
you as an individual probably receive 10 to 15 emails a day from services that you've subscribed to or uh, services that you've bought in the past or products that you've bought in the past. I know I do um, from things like travel agencies or um, you know subscriptions that you've had in the past um, selling you or trying to sell you stuff. So each person or each record that you have in your database has a value. Um, some are more valuable than others. Um, and depending on the length of your sales cycle or how long the product or service lasts or how often people buy it, the value of that data can go up or down. So say, for example, you are Groupon and uh, you are selling a whole load of services from other providers. They Groupon is essentially a data company. We've got no affiliation with Groupon, just to be clear. But just as an example, Groupon is a data company. They may have 10 million people on their database. They email on a regular basis with offers, and that's how they make their money. So um, Groupon may not seem like a data business, but actually they are. And you know whether you're a marketing agency or any other type of business, your data is an asset and it has a value. And the reason I wanted to bring this up today is because I see some companies that we go into or we start working with, those data sets are not clearly defined or clearly handled or um, clearly stored or properly stored. And that means that they're essentially wasting money. So uh, I just wanted to bring this up as a topic because you sh should be taking care of your data. If you don't have a CRM or you're not working with your CRM properly or you're not integrating every conversation you have into a CRM record or emailing people on a weekly or a monthly basis with your offers or updates, you know, like a newsletter or anything like that, then you're not sweating that data. You really need to be sweating that data to get proper value from it. Claire, I don't know if you have anything to add on this front? Yeah, I think, you know, you're right. We, we see it time and time again, and it's our experience, isn't it, from our where the companies we've worked at previously before we um, joined together here. But data, it's, it's a massive, massive, extremely important thing, but it's such a hard thing to manage, isn't it? All of these um, regulations and requirements that we need to um, consider when we're managing that data makes it into a really, really hard thing for us to manage. And it makes it a scary thing to manage. But like you say, it's essential, it's important, it's sat there just wasting away without the proper love and attention given to it. Um, and I, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right. We need to see that. We need to see people looking after it a bit more so that they can then use it for newsletters or offers or other things like that, so that they can't, can start to see the value that it adds to their business and therefore the effort um, of managing that data and up updating it um, is worthwhile. And I think the last thing just to add to that is if you're planning on selling your business, when it comes to that data, you know, that adds quite a bit of value to the bottom line in terms of, you know, if you had an offer for a business and you say, well, actually, we've got 10,000 records, we email them on a regular basis. This is the open rate. This is the click through rate. This is how many people have sold directly from, you know, emails and newsletters or from our data set. Um, that information and that data becomes really important and really valuable if your end game is to sell the business. So I just wanted to add that as well. But very valid points, Claire. Well, thanks very much for that, guys. Um, 
The last point uh, that I just wanted to bring up, just because I thought it was interesting, was uh, this new concept of work holiday. So some companies, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but some companies have been giving employees, you know, no limit on their uh, holiday days that they can take. Uh, but a lot have found that some people are actually taking less holiday because of that, because I guess they don't want to exploit the system or whatever. Um, yeah, what, what do you guys think of that? Do you think it's a good idea? I think it's an it's an interesting idea, isn't it? Um, I know from personal experience, I have, have been given a set amount of holiday. It gets to the end of the financial year. You either use it or you lose it. And it's very much a case of, right, well, I don't want to lose that holiday, so I'll make sure I fit it in in this next month. And you end up taking two weeks off or something. However, if you had unlimited, you probably wouldn't be aware of that. You wouldn't take those two weeks. You wouldn't push yourself to take as much holiday. So I I, I guess I think it has a positive and a negative. I think it's important still for people to have that time off. It's good for for them to rest and recharge um, so that they're able to perform better for the business. so I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I like the idea of having unlimited because I like to think I could take loads of holiday, but I think in reality I probably would end up taking less. I think the from my side the constraint not the constraint need not be on the number of days, but actually, you know, how much um or when those holidays are being taken. So for example, if you had, you know, twenty members of staff and they had all had unlimited holiday but 10 of them wanted to take it throughout august you know then you're leaving yourself vulnerable to reduced customer service um reduced output so it's not necessarily about how many days they take but when they take those days and making sure that they don't overlap that would have to be the constraint for me i think that's a really good point Rowan. and i think that that sort of leads into the idea of you know if you have a diverse workforce it really, really helps relieve that that pressure of everybody wanting to go on holiday in the same time because people are more happy to sort of spread it out throughout the year rather than needing it all in August for school holidays, for example. Absolutely right. Totally agree with that. I think it ties in with that experiment that some other companies are doing where they're allowing a four-day work week. So... I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago, didn't we, Chris, where people are starting to uh, take this strategy in terms of holiday and things mm. and, and flexible working. So, you know, let's continue to monitor how that study goes. I think there's 70 or 80 businesses that, that, that uh, are trialing that system. Um, and so let's see how that goes. Let's keep an eye on it. Let's talk about it in, in a few months time or in a few weeks as soon as there's an update on it. Um, and let's see how that how that goes. I think to just add in from my perspective, obviously, I'm a part time worker um, and for me, it works really well because I know I have my set amount of hours that I need to do for my work. I've got to get the stuff done. So I feel like I'm more productive in those smaller number of hours than I may have been if I was a full time worker. You're more focused um, and you just get that that release time to have more time at home doing the other activities that you enjoy um, as well as as, as uh, quality work time. 100%. I can totally see that, Claire. Yeah, thanks, Claire. That's actually a really good perspective. I didn't even think of that. But uh, yeah, like obviously when I started, I was only on four days a week myself. Um, 
And although, you know, at the beginning I was just learning things, um, I feel like if I was to do that now, I'd be a lot more productive just because I more know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I think it'll, it, it's, it's again, another another interesting thing to keep an eye on, uh, as you say, Rowan, and uh, see how it goes. So I think that'll bring us on to our tip of the week. Uh, this week, I've chosen the subject of never stop learning. Um, I always think it's quite important to uh, continue your education, well, throughout your life, really. But, uh, you know, it's important to keep up to date on what you're doing, really, as in the work that you're doing, you know, make sure you're doing it to the best of your ability and you can always learn something new. So, uh, you know, it's great. So I, for example, when I was at university, uh, in my downtime, I would, uh, do an extra course sort of outside at a nearby college, um, which was fantastically beneficial at the time because I was massively into making music and I just sort of started back then and it helped me learn the software uh, much better Um, because for example on my course we literally just touched on it one day and never revisited it again so it's great to be able to keep learning that because it was something I was really really interested in Um, and I think you know now in, in my career I think it's always really important to to keep developing my skills through learning services um which will bring us on, on to our tool of the week uh which is udemy but uh what do, what do you guys think of uh of, of you know continued ed- education throughout your career definitely think it's it's essential isn't it it's so easy to stop doing anything and become stale um and that's just not that's just not fun it's not what you want to do is it keeping learning learning new things being able to use those in your social life or or in work however you however you want to i think it brings joy to people learning something new having a new topic of conversation and it's funny because i talked to my my son he's six all about you know about learning he's at school and it sort of blows his mind that i'm still learning things it's almost like he thinks you get to a certain age and you've learned everything um, and you just never can, can you? I'd love to be able to say I have, but, you know, it's just not the case. And I think it, it, it extends beyond just your job role, right? In terms of learning, it's been a journey for all of us with uh, with MIM, starting it from the ground up. Um, you know, I, I knew absolutely nothing around how to run a business. And um, maybe there's a wider thing here around what we teach our kids in school but I'm not going to open up that can of worms but you know you don't really learn uh, from a book or from a course or from school how to uh, deal with things like corporation tax personal tax returns all that kind of stuff so uh, and how to structure a business so that you can do a client delivery function a finance function an operations function um, and all that kind of great stuff so for me it's been uh, mainly learning about how to run and grow a business, um, you know, which we've been lucky enough to to do over the last 18 months. But that's not specific to my job role. My job role on a day-to-day basis is, you know, marketing for clients and strategy and execution. But um, beyond that, I've had to learn, you know, a, a variety of other um, skills. So it's it's beyond just your job role. Cool. So that actually brings us nicely back to the tool of the week that I mentioned before. Uh, so Udemy is what we've chosen. Uh, 
firstly a disclaimer we are not you know in any sort of partnership with udemy uh we just use their products uh we've got our own course on there we do indeed we have the mim academy on udemy um check it out if you if you get a chance we'll probably put a link in the uh in the description as well yeah i think it's a really great um opportunity to as i was saying before to do that sort of learning beyond your uh conventional education um there's so many courses on there. A lot of them look really, really good. Uh, and you can preview uh, a lot of the courses just to see which one's right for you. Um, and then, yeah, it should be able to teach you some really good skills. Um, Claire, I don't know if you've got an experience of it. I haven't personally used it myself other than from looking at our um, course that we've got on there. But I think you're right. The selection of courses that are there look amazing. And I think it just makes learning easy, doesn't it? You don't even have to leave your house and you're able to learn something new Um nice and easily yeah it's fantastic it's just like an online university sort of thing yeah absolutely and i think the difference with udemy to other platforms is that udemy has uh, you have to have a video on there so um, all of the training that you do is video based and that that makes it a lot more interactive because you can see the speaker um, in real time as they're teaching you so um, and the prices are very reasonable um, we obviously provide training um, for all of our staff through Udemy. Um, it doesn't have to be, again, on their job role. It can be on something completely different, but um, we provide that at MIM, and I think that should be available to um, every employee of every organisation. And we thank you for that, Rowan. <laughs> You're very <laughs> welcome. Great. Well, I mean, if, 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 do you guys have anything else to add to that? Not from me. No, not from me. Excellent. Well, I think that'll probably be it for today. Um, Thank you both again very much for joining me. Claire, I know you are absolutely pumped to join, so I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thanks.